0: Live from Florida's capital city, this is Tallahassee's morning show with Preston Scott on 100.7 FM, WFLA, an iHeart radio station. Three, two, one. On the air. Here
1: we go. Ten minutes past eight. Want to talk a little football? I'm game 205 WFLA. You can tell me, I told you, I've got some of those on Facebook. I told you Sean McGuire wasn't the right quarterback. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Look, Florida State, which is not a great football team this year, had a chance to win the game. If I would have told you going into that game at Death Valley that Florida State would be tied heading into the fourth quarter, you would have taken it. In a minute. Absolutely. Sean McGuire was the right quarterback. They lost the game. I don't think it was Jimbo's best effort. But replacing Jimbo Fisher? Have you lost your mind, some of you? It's its just, you know, it, it comes with fandom. I get it. It just, it it's part of the deal. You are absolutely entitled to your opinion, as we all are, and that's what makes sports what it is. But I do think some people live a little bit too much through their sports teams. Like, you know, both both my football teams lost this weekend. I'm fine. I wish they hadn't, but they did, and life goes on. It's okay. It's all right. I I recognize that Florida State, is a year, maybe two, away from being a national title contender again. They will be. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens, the balance of the year. I think Sean McGuire needs to be your quarterback because you need to know right now if he's the guy because he's a a redshirt junior. Is he going to be your guy next year? Or is the competition going to open up between... um, the the redshirt freshman, uh, what is it, Francois? What's his name? I thought he got suspended. Mm, no, not him. Oh, oh, okay. And uh, and then Malik Henry, the the incoming freshman. All of a sudden, the name of the one kid escapes me. I. But you need to know now, Sean McGuire can can handle this because you get another. He'll get two games at home. Get, get some mojo going. Maybe get the offensive line playing a full game. I thought they played pretty well in the first half. I agree. Not bad. Second half. They broke down. They mentally just broke down. They struggled. And, and I feel bad for them because there's a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who never played football in that environment in their life. But I still think that uh, Sean McGuire gives this team the best chance to win. I don't think you invest the rest of the season in a guy that's done. I I mean, Everett Golson, nice young man, but he hasn't shown me enough to hand him the the wheels, the keys to the car, rather, and and hand him the put him behind the steering wheel for the balance of the season. At this point, you're playing for next year. You're playing for a uh, a game against Miami to be the state champions again, or Florida to be state champions again. And yes, I do believe Florida State will win in Gainesville. Yes, I do. I think the game at Clemson was a perfect tune-up for the game in Gainesville. If Florida has Will Greer quarterback, I'm not picking Florida State. They don't. I am. But um, before we tell you who won the food... I just want to point out that uh, Florida State has two home games, North Carolina State, and then Chattanooga, the Mocs. Not too worried. NC State's a decent football team. They're not bad. They love they love to come in and try and beat us. And they have been successful at it. Not as much since Chuck Amato left, but they still did well. And then you travel to Gainesville, and then you sit back and wait for your bowl game assignment, and Florida State will have a nice bowl game. If they can win out, they'll have a nice bowl game. Maybe not New Year's Day. Maybe New Year's Day. Who knows? The way the playoff format is now, it could all change. But uh, I'm okay with uh, with Florida State. And uh, before we announce the winner of the seafood in the Southern Seafood Market Pick'em contest, let's check weather. Eight fifteen on WFLA Weather Channel Forecast Center. Standing by, Terry Smith. Terry. Good Monday morning, Preston. You ready for some sunshine? We'll see it tomorrow. Today, it's rain and more rain. Showers, possibly a rumble of thunder, 76 the high. And scattered thunder showers tonight, 60. I'm 100.7 FM, WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. The the Pick'em Contest, we had a few people, FSU fans through and through, but were picking with their brain, not their heart. They felt like when it was all said and done, it was just too much to ask of the Seminoles to go to Death Valley and win. One of those who picked was Wally. Wally, what was your score? My score was 27-17. to You picked Clemson to win by 10, and Clemson won by 10, sir. Congratulations.
2: Thank you very much.
1: You win the seafood. Is it going to leave any kind of bitter taste in your mouth knowing that your beloved Seminoles lost?
2: Well, maybe just
0: a little bit, but you know, you can't <laughs> hardly beat a good shrimp
1: or something like that. Yeah, it'll taste pretty good before that NC State game, probably. Maybe I'll boil the taste out of it or there something. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Hey, Wally, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Wally uh, was the winner, and he nailed the margin by 10. He nailed it. And so uh, he wins the seafood from Southern Seafood Market, the finest seafood in all the land. Uh, at least so says the people of this area—they voted it the best year after year after year after year after year, after year after year after year after year. year. bunch of years, and so we'll do it again this week in the in the seven o'clock hour on Friday. Again, it's NC State. Do your research, come with your score, and we'll get as many of you picking the game as possible, and and then we'll break down the the contest afterwards as we always do. Florida State, North Carolina State this weekend, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the numbers here, and we'll talk to Michael Felder in just a few minutes. Get his take. Um, You know, Florida State did a really nice job of uh, of holding Clemson to two touchdowns. (laughs) Two touchdowns. It's one of the best offenses in the country. It just is. They got great personnel. They got a great quarterback. And Florida State's defense held him to two touchdowns. We have the best defense I've seen all season, maybe in two years, uh, against Clemson. Easily in the last two years. Uh they're playing better and better and better. They're getting better. Um got beat a couple times. That'll happen. I think they were on the field a little too much. Offense again, the offensive line, I you know, there are people that are just calling for Rick Trickett's head too. I'm not upset if they keep Trickett. I'm not upset if they decide to go in another direction. What I know is he inherited four brand-new starters and a guy that had a handful of starts, and they're blocking well enough for Dalvin Cook to get 190-some-odd yards. They're just not that good on pass protection yet, and clearly there are communication issues between the center and uh, the quarterback. And uh, they're, they're still struggling in, in some penalties. Second half was brutal, but it'll sort itself out. I'm going, on the, I'm going on, on the record. I'm picking FSU to beat Florida. I think they will. I think they win out. And, uh, and then we'll see what they get in the bowl game. Interesting weekend. We'll talk about it with Michael Felder from Bleacher Report next, 18 minutes past 8 a.m. here on WFLA.
0: The amount of time people waste on social media every day is staggering. Don't waste your time, and we won't either. Search for WFLA-FM on Twitter. What if everything you thought you knew was a lie? Well, it is. The last century was a century of lies. The Glenn Beck Program. Everything we thought about breakfast was a lie. Next at 9. The whole thing was a lie. On 100.7 FM, wfla
1: 23, almost 24 minutes past 8 a.m. The morning show, College Football Monday, where we look back. Some of you are wearing black today. Sorry. Some of you are out there saying, fire Jimbo Fisher. You've lost your ever-loving mind. And I hope helping me reinforce that is a guy who knows a whole lot more about football than you or me, Michael Felder. He's the college football video analyst with Bleacher Report. Michael, how are you?
2: Doing fantastic. How you doing,
1: Michael? Talk him off the ledge, brother. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, the Clemson game. If every, if if you went into that weekend thinking anything other than look, if we got a shot in the fourth quarter, I'm happy. We had a shot in the fourth quarter. We lost. I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, that's the way folks should have been thinking. Unfortunately, we know fans like that. They get over their skis, and I think a lot of folks uh, they saw. Hey, we haven't really turned the ball over. Hey, we've won these games, so hey, we're really, really good. And I don't think that, that was—that's not the case. This is a team that's still in transition. They still have pieces they have to fix on the offensive line. They're still not sure of what they what they want to do at quarterback. Although I think McGuire kind of gets the nod. I think with Golson and McGuire, they have a they have one quarterback that could have been really good. Uh, but McGuire lacking physically, Golson still not get, having full grasp of the offense. So I think they're still missing a piece at that quarterback spot that could have put them over the hump. And that's just that's just the reality of, the, of college football. It's tough to have good quarterbacks year in and year out uh, because they're so scarce. It just ask the NFL about it. Um, on the defensive side, the secondary still very good, but sometimes they're going to make some mistakes. And sometimes they're going to give up some plays. I think we saw that happen against Clemson. I, it couldn't be just hey, let's run Dalvin Cook. Clemson figured out a way to To make better run fits, Ben Bolwer stepped up in the second half to close down some of those run lanes. Uh, Shaq Walson played a monster of a game, like he's done, like he's been doing all year. And I think, you know, ultimately we just rushed. Clemson's the best team in the ACC, but I think that was that was pretty much the case in, in, in most people's minds going into the season.
1: I just wish people could get off the fire Jimbo thing. Like, who are you uh, gonna get? Give me a break.
2: Yeah, I think that's the biggest The biggest thing to me is asking, who are you going to hire instead? And nobody ever has an answer for that. They just want to throw <laughs> out the just Everybody always wants to throw out the guy, but no one ever has an answer for who they're going to get.
1: I love to ask you, Michael, what was the biggest game of the weekend, the biggest surprise to you, a win or a loss?
2: A win. Um, and I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Just really the way that they took care of business against TCU. They boat raced them. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's why that's my biggest surprise. I thought it was going to be a close game, and I expect the boy can be able to pull it out at the end. But watching Oklahoma State, some of the things they do on defense, they like to be aggressive on defense. They work with some zone pressure. They got guys underneath and really – At times, they almost confused Boykin into not noticing underneath defenders, not noticing guys that were breaking off to go break on the ball, and they really took advantage of him. Four interceptions, he hadn't done that. I don't believe he's ever done it in his career. And against Oklahoma State, he proved that This this defense is for real. They can get to the quarterback, but they can also play good coverage. And on offense, two-quarterback system, but it works for them. Walsh is a scoring machine, and then obviously you throw in Mason Rudolph. They can push the ball down the field, and they've got an emerging wide receiver in the uh, Washington kid.
1: Michael, I look at uh, at Oklahoma State. They're my sleeper to make the Final Four if they win out because they've got Baylor number six. They got Oklahoma number fifteen to close out the season at home.
2: Yeah, I I look at Oklahoma State, and really, you look at all those teams that are sitting there in the Big Twelve, and. They've all got an opportunity to get into the playoff. I really believe if any of them, if Baylor, or Oklahoma State goes undefeated, I think they're going to get in. Um, I think if Oklahoma is a one-loss team, they're going to be knocking on that door as well, uh, along with a team like maybe a Stanford or a Notre Dame. I look at Oklahoma State though, but they look. Nobody's going to play what they're playing in the last in that last the last three four weeks of the season. They already played one top ten team. They beat them. Okay, now next up, they've got more. T- they've got more top ten, top fifteen teams. They've got to play Oklahoma. T- they have to play Oklahoma in the year. They've got to play Baylor. This is an opportunity for them to really make up some ground. And and, and I don't know if they were number 14 last week. I think they're going to, we're going to see them take a significant jump up this week into that top 10, and they're going to be in prime position to kind of control their own destiny.
1: Does Alabama benefit by their win over LSU over what they get hurt by watching Ole Miss continue to struggle?
2: Um I think obviously I think they benefit. this is a team, and i 've seen other people say it as well they 're one of the few teams that does not really get punished. I think a lot of people look at their roster, they look at what they have, and they say, Oh, you know what they must be they 're really really good I, I, This is one of those teams and literally saw these stories coming out right after the game and then continuing through Sunday. i am seeing them still today. Alabama proved they 're the most dominant team in college football. Alabama proved that they 're the class of college football. The dynasty 's not dead. And I don't know if we watch different games or not, but what I saw was two teams playing and both of them hiding their quarterback, and one team had an inability to stop the run. I don't know that we, we – Alabama certainly is not a complete team. Jacob Coker had 184 yards passing, and he only attempted two passes over 15 yards. That, to me, is not a dominating performance. That's certainly not indicative of a quarterback that can win you a football game. So I like their defense stopping the run. I don't, like their, I don't like Alabama's defense against deep balls, but when you have Brandon Harris at the quarterback spot, <laughs> never really going to throw that many deep balls. So I, I don't think that Alabama's this dominant machine, but because they beat LSU and people just look at final scores and they see Derrick Henry had this many yards, all they think is this team is the best, they're dominant. So I think they're going to continue to benefit from that win over LSU more than, than people are going to peel back the layers and actually look at what they are as a football team, which is a team that can only run the football and only stop the run They have no answer moving the ball down the field through the air, and they cannot stop teams that can move the ball down the field through the air.
1: Michael, 30 seconds. Who is your playoff four right now?
2: Playoff four right now, I I go with Clemson. I think they'll be undefeated. I go with Ohio State. I think they'll be undefeated. I go with Oklahoma State. I think they're going to be undefeated in that last spot. You know what? I put Notre Dame in there right now because I like their schedule. I think they're going to get a win over the Stanford team, and I don't trust Alabama to go undefeated for the rest of the year.
1: Interesting. Michael, always love the visit. We'll talk with you next week.
2: Sounds good. You take it easy.
1: Thank you, Michael Felder. He is the incomparable college football video analyst for Bleacher Report and our guest Mondays here on WFLA. It's 830. Let's do news. When we come back, the big story in the press box, the Veterans Day Parade, and what the heck is going on at the University of Missouri. That story still to come on 100.7 FM WFLA.
0: You're on the go, and now we are too. Type Preston Scott into the search bar on the free iHeartRadio app to listen on your schedule. (laughs) Heyo. 8.38,
1: 66 degrees outside. The morning show went outside, program 3240. It's Monday, November 9th. Thanks for joining us. Guests appear in the Prime Meridian Bank home loan house.
0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hotline all throughout the program. We have a phone guest like Michael Felder. He appears on the Prime Reading Bank Home Loan Hotline. We have. We have Joe West on the phone last hour. He appeared on the Prime Rating Bank Home Loan Hotline. Phone guests appear on the Prime Rating Bank Home Loan Hotline. I'm just saying. We remind you, veterans, spread the word. Tell your buddies, those that served with you, those that live in town that you know that have served before currently, We would love for you to take part in the Veterans Day Parade. Be in the parade. Don't you dare be a spectator. We want you to be with us. And so um, we will be staged, as I mentioned in the newscast, on uh, North Monroe between Georgia and Carolina streets. We're on the west side of the road. Look for the WFLA van. And that's the big story in the press box. Veterans Day, but not everybody's celebrating. Seattle Pacific University's Veterans Day Chapel. They have pulled the Pledge of Allegiance and the Presentation of Colors because the chaplain of the university, which is a Christian school, said it might offend. I remember a high school event where the National Anthem was played and a group of kids were cutting up. And I made my way over to them when the anthem was finished and I sat down next to him and I engaged them in a a few moments of repartee I'm that guy I do that if I see somebody disrespecting you don't want to sing no problem you don't want to stand okay but don't Take away from it by cutting up and being a jerk while other people are trying to pay their respects and honor the country that they have uh, been fortunate enough to be a citizen of. That we are at a place in our country where showing the flag and saying the pledge at a Veterans Day chapel service where no one is forced to attend, we are at a place now where that is offensive. We have problems here. You know, sadly, this is a result of not teaching young people properly when they're in in elementary and middle school and high school. Do I have it? Yes, I do. Do I have it handy? No, I don't. From time to time, I pull out the oath that is sworn by people that are legally becoming citizens of this nation. If you have never been to a what they call a naturalization ceremony, in fact, I recommended to former U.S. Senator, former Florida Governor Bob Graham, he's been on an initiative to push civics in our schools, I agree with him. When I gave him the idea that we should make it mandatory to graduate high school, you have, to, you have to attend one naturalization ceremony. It was life-changing for me when I went. A friend invited me. She was Canadian. She was going to be a citizen. Tears streaming down her cheeks when she swore the oath. When you hear those words... And you recognize the power of what someone is doing, forsaking their homeland to become a citizen of this amazing nation. With its faults, with its shortcomings, still the the most remarkable nation God has ever birthed on this planet. When you see somebody forsake all of their allegiance to another nation and accept their responsibility as a United States citizen, it is absolutely remarkable. I think high school students should be made to go. I think high school students should be required to go through a study on that oath. Candidly, it wouldn't offend me if it was required to take an oath of that kind before you were given the right to vote. We have this assumption that being born here, let's set aside the anchor baby issue. We have this idea that being born here, somehow it's just through osmosis transmitted into our brain but all you have to do is look around at the landscape of our country. My God, a Christian university in America that is holding a voluntary chapel service honoring veterans is doing away with the Pledge of Allegiance and the flag. The United States flag because they worry that offends. Whoever it offends, good. Get out of the country, leave. Kick them out of the university. I mean, I don't think you ought to have to attend it. But but that we are at a place now where we are uh, Im- worried that the very things that symbolize our nation are offensive. I would say, fine. Let's see who's offended, and then escort them to another country. I'll take up a love offering. I'll send them. I'll I'll help pay their way out. Leave. The irony of it all, and we got into this a couple weeks ago when we talked about the conundrums that socialists face. The irony of it all is that the very things these people find offensive are the very things that, draw, that drew them to America or want them to be in America. They don't want to be in a country that really is, is so pluralistic that it has no identity. They don't want to live there. They would. They want all the blessings that the liberties of this country provide, but none of the responsibilities. I find that offensive. 845 on WFLA. We're going to celebrate Veterans Day in two days, and I hope you come. And I hope you bring your children. Make your children come. Shake the hand of a veteran or two. And say thank you. Let's go to the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Terry Smith standing by. Terry. Good Monday morning, Preston. You ready for some sunshine? We'll see it tomorrow. Today it's rain and more rain. Showers, possibly a rumble of thunder, 76 the high. And scattered thunder showers tonight, 60. I'm 100.7 FM WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Well, um, what's going on at the University of Missouri? Well, here's what's happening. Jonathan Butler, black graduate student, is in the sixth day of a hunger strike to call attention to the fact that he doesn't think the president's doing enough to stop racism. Can I ask you an honest question? What in God's name do you expect a person to do about a condition of the heart? What? Tom Wolf met with the young man? He said, absolutely, there's racism on this campus. It's it's a terrible thing. What do you expect someone to do? The Constitution of the United States guarantees the right of free speech. It doesn't guarantee you the right of having to like it. So as a result, allegedly, black football players at the University of Missouri are declaring a boycott. They're not going to play, they're not going to practice until the president is either out of office or resigned. Now the head coach, Gary Pinkle, is, is, well, he's, all the respect I had for him building that football program is gone now. He's collapsed. He's standing with his athletes. Let me tell you something. And and this is again a sad testimony to where we are. First of all, the the football team is not in solidarity. I made I, I said to myself last night as I looked at this story, decided I was going to talk about it, that I would bet the farm that this football team would not be in this position talking about boycotting if they were nine and zero. They're four and five, so they can do this. But the football team is not united. Football players are now coming out saying we're, quote, sorry, pissed. As much as we want to say everyone is united, half the team and coaches, black and white, are pissed. If we were 9-0, this wouldn't be happening. Coaches told the team, don't talk to the media. It would blow over eventually. And then Pinkle sends out this ridiculous tweet and photo. We're in solidarity with that. I'll tell you what they need to do. Here's what they need to do. They need to tell the football players, gentlemen, you have signed scholarships. You have an obligation. Which, by the way, um, black football players... You have scholarships to get an education at this university. You're being paid to play football. You are in breach of your scholarship. Show up at practice as you're supposed to, or you will be dismissed from the school for a breach of your contract. And that's what a scholarship is. It is a contract. I would dismiss every football player that didn't show up at the first practice. Every one of them. Every one of them. You know what you show solidarity over? You, sol- you show solidarity over the integrity of honoring your word. And then you, you factor in the reality of the situation. Just exactly what is the president supposed to do about knuckleheads on campus who they don't know who they are vandalizing and spraying a Nazi symbol somewhere or putting it on something? Or, uh, I mean, they say somebody shouted a racial epithet. Okay. And what do you want the president to do about it? Find anybody for shouting anything? You see where we're going here? This mindset is all endorsed by the people that support groups like black lives matter, dream defenders, this kind of disconnected, irrational, illogical protesting. And guess what it does? It denigrates and it and it creates a dismissive attitude towards issues that really do matter. Because they're whining and complaining about every little thing that goes wrong and they want to hold a protest and 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 there are true issues that could be dealt with. But this just, this diminishes all of them. I say dismiss them all from the football team. That's what I think. It's 851 here on 100.7 FM WFLA. Got another story here that uh, I will not get to today. The truth about what happened with uh, former... FAMU Journalism School Director Dorothy Bland in Texas. There's the popular narrative that newspapers across the country published, and then there's the true story of the dash cam video that's been released that shows everything. We'll get to that maybe tomorrow as well. But already, the week is just stacking up with greatness. Unbelievable.
0: It's too early to cast your vote. But it's not too
1: early to cast
0: your opinion. With all the good candidates. Tired of the live? 100.7 FM. You have a choice to make. WFLA.
1: Okay. Before we go, we must look back. It was a huge moment. It took a sagging television program, Saturday Night Live, and boosted it. Donald Trump appeared. So with courtesy to Saturday Night Live and NBC. Ladies and gentlemen...
0: People are saying, Donald, why are you hosting Saturday Night Live? Why? And the answer is, I have really nothing better to do. Trump's a racist! It's Larry David. What are you doing, Larry? I heard if I yelled that, they'd give me $5,000. General. How are we doing in Syria? Well, ISIS is completely eliminated, sir.
2: The country is at peace, all the refugees have returned, and they have great jobs as blackjack dealers in the Trump Hotel and Casino in Damascus. So everyone's happy?
0: They're so happy, Mr. President. Mr. President, the President of Mexico is here to see you. Oh, that's great sentiment. Ah! Oh, Donald! Enrique! I brought you the check for the wall. Oh, God, it's so wonderful. Well <laughs> This is far too much money. I no, know. I insist. Consider it an apology for doubting you.
1: That's our <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Time for the morning show, 180. Look back at the program in 180 seconds or less. At the box office, Spectre did well, but not as well as they thought. Lower end of the spectrum in terms of uh, estimates. I'm just... I wondered aloud if people were maybe annoyed at Daniel Craig's whining about being James Bond. Bill Nye, the alleged science guy, new book comes out tomorrow attacking anybody who doesn't think like him. I've learned he's a humanist. He doesn't believe in God, doesn't really believe in anything but himself, although he he said, quote, I suck. He thinks humans suck. That's a quote. He thinks we're insignificant. <laughs> Man's got some anger issues. Uh, talked about uh, Veterans Day in all three hours. Joe West joined us in the second hour. Talked more about uh, the parade as we get closer on Wednesday to the parade. Talked about the FSU campus. Uncoke my campus. Some sad, poor, misguided students. That, that, that seems to be a theme today. A lot of misguided young people that just don't get it. Every donation comes with strings attached that's more than a million dollars. Every one. And in fact, the federal money comes with strings attached. Want to talk about undue influence? Pay for your own education. You'll learn. Steve Stewart in the second hour. Talked a little football in the third hour with Michael Felder from Bleacher Report. Busy day. Back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen
2: the bride and groom?
0: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)